before I opened this business, I had 10 years of experience yeah. in the industry. So I worked for multiple other gyms in like different, everything from commercial fitness to like straight powerlifting strongman to sports performance. Just see how it is. It got to the point where um, I re- just got really sick too of business owners being like, it's so hard and you can't do it. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, you fucking can do it. Yeah. Like, if you yeah. want to yeah, do it. Yeah, people saying like, <laughs> don't ever open your own gym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like kind of playing that like, mm-hmm. woe is me, like right. victim card. Like, oh, right. look what I got myself into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was got to the point where it's like, you know what? We're a bunch of really good technicians. We can coach every day. You want to write a program? We get that. It's almost to the point where I want like more challenge. I want to control the culture and the image of stuff and see, you know, those, I, I watch those things, how big of an impact those things have in fitness. And I realize like that, that's really everything. Like your, your culture, um, everything from like when you walk in the door, the feeling you get, the people that you're around, that's what's like changes people for the better is that stuff. I mean, if you don't know what you're doing from a programming and coaching standpoint, obviously not good, but at the same time, I've seen people that don't know what they're doing from a coaching and a programming standpoint have really great energy and culture and still change people's lives. Yeah. Really better. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Base Control Podcast. In this episode, Chris and I take a drive up to Worcester, Massachusetts to talk with Greg Robbins and Tony Bonvecchio of The Strength House. We were so excited to finally make the trip up there to check out their brand new spot. Uh, We also wanted to make sure to talk to them about, you know, everything that they went through to finally open up the Strength House. I know it's been a long time coming for them. Uh, We also chat with them more about things that they do to make sure that the appropriate tasks and responsibilities are put on the appropriate people, as well as how they've already been successful at creating their own unique culture at the Strength House. And a special thank you to Nancy Newell for joining us on this one. Uh, Always a pleasure. So we hope you guys enjoy. And if you ever have any questions, comments, or recommendations for us, please don't hesitate to hit us up. Finally made it to, how do you say it? Worcester? Worcester. Worcester. All right. No R's. Yeah, so we made it here. Greg, Tony. And Nancy, it's like I said earlier, your band is back together, but this is like our extended band is back together. Yes. I like it. Thanks for having us. Um, So we're going to get things rolling. The Strength House. So tell us a little bit about like where, how this came to be. We know you had that name prior to even having a physical location. So tell us a little bit about where the name came from and then walk us through actually finally getting your own location. Okay, so literally the name came from the fact that um, the house that you guys actually slept in last night, uh, originally I rented out the house to other interns and coaches uh, at the the gym that we were working with, and it was a, a house full of strength coaches, so we called it the Strength House, and it was during that time that I wanted to like start creating content online. I already was, uh, but it was under my own name, under like Greg Robbins training. Um, and if there was one piece of advice so many people in the industry had given 
publicly was don't name your business after yourself, um, which seemed kind of like a no-brainer because that left a lot of doors closed uh, for the future. So the Strength House seemed like a really good name for a website that was going to be dedicated towards public uh, publishing, strength training information, as well as be kind of the home for what started as like just a very small, well, what started as a non-existent uh, distance-based coaching platform as well. And that's where the name started. And then over the years, that was just where um, I personally would write articles or blog posts and put them on there. Um, but it did give me the opportunity to feature like guest contributors and things like that a lot easier because it had a, a, a more global name. Um, and then Tony started, we started working together um, and I was doing the optimizing the big three seminar and it just seemed obvious after working with Tony and meeting him that our, you know, the way we coached and our beliefs aligned really, really well and we complemented each other well. and. Where a seminar that size to deliver a good product, I realized we needed I needed more coaches there for the hands-on portion. So I asked Tony to help me out, and that just kind of evolved into more and more where we started wanting to have like a more um, we wanted to have like a, a community online. Before it was a lot more of just I'm writing you programs, you're emailing me, you don't know who else I work with, and we we started using a private Facebook group to bring all the clients together, except at the time it was still very small. So it was like, okay, so I'm gonna start this private Facebook group of like seven people. That mm-hmm. kind of sucks. So like no one's really, no one's gonna get really uh, amped up about being part of this seven person Facebook group. So I was like, how can I make it seem like something bigger? So that whole idea of like fake it till you make it, I, I do think that that comes into play a lot in business stuff. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I'll make a call. I'll call it like Strength House Clients and Friends, and I'll put in some of my colleagues and stuff like that, mm-hmm. people that I know well in the industry. And then I asked Tony, I was like, Tony, do you want to take which, whatever online clients you have at the time and put them, like loop them under this hood? We'll still be like separate entities technically, but we'll at least have our clients posting videos in the same place. And um, he was all for it. And so that really is what sparked it, I think, once we came together um, there, we started to build together pr- both pretty good distance-based coaching um, clientele rosters, client rosters, and it got to the point where uh, we wanted to do something that was more reflective of who we were, and we had our distance-based coaching to a point where it could basically fund doing a an in-person, an actual brick and mortar facility so we knew if we stayed within like our budget that our our existing business of the strength house could at least keep keep the door open then you know that was lower risk so let's let's give it a a go and then that whole time we were working with nancy as well and nancy always was somebody that again similar beliefs complimented all of us so to have her on staff here and here we are, the trifecta of us three <laughs> doing the strength test. That's awesome. Cool. Um, so I, w- I would go. So you guys went from <clears throat> you guys went from em- employees to now you're the bosses, right? 
So how has life changed since opening like a brick and mortar spot? We had to learn to do a lot of the behind the scenes things that sometimes might get taken for granted. If somebody's like a personal trainer in a, in a big gym or just like a, an employee with no responsibilities other than like you train the people, you write the programs. Uh, that's something we kind of had to learn on the fly quite a bit. The accounting, the um, like keeping all like the toilet paper in stock mm. and mm. making sure that the printer has toner, that kind of stuff. And luckily we have a lot of really good people in our corner. Uh, like Greg's dad is our lawyer. Like my mom and dad are both you know in accounting, so they've mm. helped a lot with yeah. that. And um, having people like yourselves to like set a good example for us, like uh, you know all the trips we made down to Warhorse to see the way that you guys conduct yourselves, and just being able to call you guys and ask for questions, uh, that's helped a lot. So I would say like learning to ask for help mm-hmm. has been really really huge for learning that kind of yeah. thing. Um, I know personally, like a, a really tough thing for me was learning to to like put my foot down and like call people out for stuff. Yeah. Um, something that these two are a lot better at than I am, but it goes beyond just like the training thing, right? It goes like when somebody hasn't paid on time, you know, you have to just be very matter of fact, (laughs) like, Hey, you owe us money. Like you owed us for this long, like, please pay. Yeah. Right. It sometimes doesn't have to go any further than that. It's just not being afraid to do that kind of thing. And it's funny because we're in the business of accountability as trainers. Yeah. But sometimes when the accountability goes outside of just like hitting your sets and reps, like don't skip your warm up. There's so much more to it, you know, holding uh, like your electricity company accountable for not like overcharging you. Yeah. Yeah. Holding your your garbage collection accountable for like, hey, you said you're going to be here on Thursday. You're not here and it's Friday. You know what's going on. Um, So (laughs) that side of things has been an interesting learning process of all the stuff that goes on besides just what goes on on the gym floor. Yeah. How about you? Um, well, I'd say being the boss instead of the employee, we get to we get to go chase after beer whenever we want. That is the <laughs> height of all the perks. Awesome. Uh, Please so, thank you for that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll say like it's a, for, for me, like it's a tie for first between like go get beer whenever you want and like bring your dog to work whenever yeah. you want. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. So those are some of the, the perks, I guess you could say. Um, I think one thing we made clear when we started the Strength House was like, you know, we're not gonna. We were we weren't in a necessarily a bad situation beforehand. We worked for one of the best strength and conditioning facilities in the country. Um, so to leave something like that, you have to like know why you want to do that. And I think one thing we've stayed really true to is we're not going to make ourselves do stuff that we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, uh, there's things that are challenging. Yeah. Um, you mean in terms of like, you don't necessarily have to take on every client or every situation that, that you right. want. Uh, you don't have to necessarily like program a certain way. We can stay true to like our, our programming values. Yeah. yeah. Or like, as you mentioned, like delegating things. So we said really early on, like let's focus on what we're good at. Uh, we both have strengths in certain areas and then there's certain areas where we don't know anything about it instead of necessarily just trying to do it the best we can let's ask for help let's 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 pay somebody to do that for us kind of thing um, so we can focus on on the things that we are good at um, so I think being the boss to the employee is a bit a little bit of 
of that just staying it's it's nicer to, to just stay away from like stay in our lanes a little bit more and and flourish because we can like take our our strengths and accentuate them even more um well we don't want to train punk ass high school kids we can <laughs> we can hire nancy and she can take all that i got him i got him <laughs> so like fill in the gaps and you know not try to be something that we're not Whereas sometimes I think like when you're an employee, you try to be something that you're not for somebody else to keep your job. Um, That could be reflective of like who you're working for too. Hopefully hopefully when we have employees, hopefully Nancy never feels like she has to be something that she's not. Um, That we champion people just like being who they are. Um, There's something else I was going to say, but... Escapes me. I was gonna say, like, I really, I think when I first got here, that first exercise you made me do, like the the delegate to elevate, Mm -hmm. like that really just like, I was like, all right, like, wow, like, what am I good at, and like, what am I not so good at, Mm -hmm. and it helped kind of like define our roles and like what we're responsible for. So like, we're not just like coaches going in the gym to coach people. We have like, we know exactly like what we're supposed to do when we're supposed to like focus like all of our energy on. Um, I think. We know like our roles when like these guys are coaching like their own class like i know exactly how i can like help them and assist them um but still allow them to like run the show so i think that's a huge part too and it's like um even like if i'm running force class like these guys too like we'll just like come in and like coach too and it just like it meshes like it's another thing i really love here it's like there's no like ownership of like certain clients yeah that's kind of that's awesome how you guys have done that actually because we were talking at breakfast this morning everyone has basically been assigned a certain role correct yeah um did you guys have to like how did you figure all of that out did you all just kind of know what your strong suits were and then go from there or did it happen another way oh i mean during our couple like month and a half period of unemployment (laughs) we had a we had a fair amount of time to plan things out, yeah. and we had uh, uh, many business meetings at local breweries. <laughs> and we just would like sit down and, and map it out. And we had like we used the the delegate to uh, what, what's it delegate called? Delegate to elevate. Del- delegate to elevate. Uh, the book Traction is yeah. largely what we used yeah. to, to help with that. And using that as our guide, we kind of like assigned ourselves each like basically six like positions. CEO, CFO, like head of marketing, et cetera, et cetera, and tried to place ourselves in each of those roles and in the roles where we would succeed, mm-hmm. you know, and that meant, you know, some of us relinquishing control of one thing and giving it to the other guy. And like, uh, you know, Greg is my superior in some positions and my subordinate in others, but we have that to fall back on. So there's no need to feel like you like can't tell somebody that something's not getting done well because you know they're in charge of it. Right. You know, and let, if there's one thing we've learned is that like lack of communication and passive aggressiveness will like kill so, your relationship with someone. Yeah, totally yeah. So mm-hmm. being able to avoid all of that and just be able to like shoot each other straight has been really huge. And luckily like so far I think like nobody's really done a lousy job at anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood. But uh, like those defined roles have been so important. Yeah, and like to, to backtrack a little, I think the first thing we did was we said, what, what is everything that needs to happen for this business to run? Mm-hmm. And we just made a list and that, and then we simplified it to these 12 things have to happen every day for this business to run. And then we said, okay, 
Tony gets six, I get six. And then we just had to, that was like a really great exercise. We had to just sit back and say, you know, try to be as objective as possible and be like, Tony would be best at this. I would be best at this. This is the right person for this seat. Um, and we said, you know, there's those are those 12 things. And if we hire somebody, we want someone that can take the, in addition to coaching, they need to be able to fill some of these seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when Nancy came in, the first thing we did was like run her through the same thing. What, what, are you, what are you good at and you like to do? What are you good at and you sort of like to do? What are you not good at but could do? And what are you not good at and you also don't like to do? Yeah. And basically took that and then said, okay, these are, these are some of the seats that you could fill on these 12 duties that we have. Yeah. And How? Go ahead. And Nancy, the big thing you said you were good at was organizing, right? Yeah. So you're able to like keep stuff in order. Like when like clients don't put their stuff away, you're able to like figure out a way to make them actually do that. And it makes all the sense in the world because all you got to do is like look at my desk and realize that like I would not be <laughs> the right person for that role. You know, and of course I put that as something like that I don't like doing on my delegate and yeah. elevate. Um, and just like being really honest with each other about strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, like just super honest about, I mean, that's that's why our team is, I think is really strong is because mm-hmm. we can all communicate really well. And also like you talked about employee and business owner. I think one big thing we did through some of the books we read was like, okay, we are business owners. So let's like draw a big circle and put ourselves outside of that circle. But we are also employees mm-hmm. of this business. So like realizing that just because you're the business owner doesn't mean that you don't have jobs to do here so that you are an employee of yourself on some level. And that's where like defining the roles I think was really important because I could see where someone would open a business and just be like, oh, we're all in charge of everything because we're the business owners. Yeah. Um, So, so I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that like owning a business is not for everybody um, at all. Um, What, what kind of, where did what tri- what triggered you guys to open to open this to to leave like one of the most like respected you know people respect you know where you guys came from highly like they put it on a pedestal what like what part of your brain said I'm gonna open up my own business and we're just gonna go for it because I know some people say they want to open up their own business but I really believe that they don't actually want it they want to but they don't really want to do what what it entails. Um, so like what what made you kind of make the final jump to do it and yeah that's that's my question <laughs> and that's all I have uh, I'm done I, a lot of things I think I mean it's it's not like a decision that just hits you like one day you wake up and right you're like, no yeah exactly oh, shit I'm gonna open my own business right so it's something it's that's like always cumulative. there yeah, yeah it's like there um, it's almost like you're like this might sound ridiculous but it's almost like you're born with it yeah and you also like. I, I just sickness. feel like no matter where I worked, I'd always kind of be like, I like this, but like, yeah. I wouldn't do it this way. I would do it this way, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which in like a partnership, like Tony and I have, it's also learning to like give and take a little bit. So I think that's, let's put it this way too. Like I, I was approached personally to go into businesses with other people before. And I, I said no, because I just didn't see myself working with that person. So Tony's someone that I always saw myself getting along like this this could work like we complement each other well we get along 
we have similar hobbies outside of just like fitness, <laughs> yeah, and beer, yeah, Metallica, beer music, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like we can have a friendship, yeah, yeah, that transcends the strength house. Same thing with bringing yeah. this down. We can have a friendship that transcends the strength house. So it's like, all right, these are people that like we can work with day to day. Um, that didn't really answer the question, but no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Like, um, like, like are your nights, are your parents to, entrepreneurs or anything? Like nothing. Uh, my mom is okay. kind of like later in life. Okay, um, but more so just like really wanting to. Cr- like I think you get in this industry, you get to a point too. So I mean, I've been before I opened this business, I had ten years of experience yeah. in the industry. So I worked for multiple other gyms, you know, like different everything from commercial fitness to like straight powerlifting strongman to sports performance. Just see how it is. It got to the point where um, I re- just got really sick too of business owners being like, "It's so hard and you can't do it." And I was like, "You know what? Yeah, you fucking can do it. Yeah. Like, if you yeah. want to yeah, do it." Yeah, people saying like, <laughs> "Don't ever open your own gym." Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like kind of playing that like mm-hmm. "Woe is me" like right. victim card. Like, right. "Oh, look what I got myself into." Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And it was got to the point where it's like, you know what? We're a bunch of really good technicians. We can coach every day. You want to write a program? We get that. It's almost to the point where I want like more challenge. I want to control the culture and the image of stuff and see, you know, those, I, I watch those things, how big of an impact those things have in fitness. And I realize like that, that's really everything. Like your, your culture, um, everything from like when you walk in the door, the feeling you get, the people that you're around, that's what's like changes people for the better is that stuff. I mean, if you don't know what you're doing from a programming and coaching standpoint, obviously not good. But at the same time, I've seen people that don't know what they're doing from a coaching and a programming standpoint have really great energy and culture and still change people's lives for the better. So I just didn't think that was happening where we were before. So we, we created it for ourselves. And I will say that when I realized that it was like a, a real possibility, a viable thing, when there started to be demand for it. Yeah. And, um, I never thought necessarily there would be like a demand for the in-person thing, but at the same time, like the online business was going really well. It was to the point where that's where like a majority of my efforts were going. Like a lot of my time and energy was being spent on the online business. It's like, this is cool. This is like making money and people are doing well. And like we could, this is legit. Like this is bringing home the bacon for us. But uh, in the back of my head, I knew like I would never be truly happy just like running an online fitness business. Right. Right. And there are so many people trying to escape like the in-person training to just do online training. And I could never live like that. I like training people in person way too right. much, the human interaction. And I always said like in the back of my head, I'm like, if, why would you want to like sit behind a computer screen and change people's lives like that? You know, it just the, if you're trying to escape the in-person training, like you're probably a shitty trainer anyway. Right. Right. You're in the wrong business. Yeah. Right. So um, just the idea of being able to like have like the high volume of people working with us, but the volume was high enough and enough interest that people would come train with us in person if we did our own thing. So that's where it became a, a possibility in my head when, when people were like asking for it. Mm-hmm. I know both of you are relatively like newlyweds, correct? Yeah. Like within the past year or so. Two years in May. Yes. Wow. Has it really Ooh. been two years? Yeah. Oh my god. I didn't realize that. Well, yeah. it's still like pretty new. 
And how have both of your wives kind of taken to this? I can assume that they've been super supportive, but how was that initial conversation received? Uh, I believe the first time I mentioned it, there was like a um, like a well-deserved, like supportive, um, what's the word I'm saying? Not like cynicism, but like um, devil's advocate type yep. deal. But never once has Emily ever been like, it's a fucking terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, she's always supported me 100% in, in what we've done. And um, I wish Taryn and Emily got to hang out more often because I feel like they're like made for each other. They're both <laughs> like incredibly smart, sarcastic, and hardworking. You know, I think kind of the way that like uh, we make a pretty good team. I think they make a pretty good team as well. Um, both our wives are extremely hardworking, so they understand what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that I... One of the many things I love about my wife is that she's uh, she's a teacher, she's an educator, and I think as coaches we are educators, and you got to be really good communicators. So for the most part, my wife and I communicate really well. So she knows when like I'm burnt out and like have no energy left and nothing left to give, and she understands, and I understand vice versa when you know the three year olds she's been you know dealing with all day like have worn her out. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we understand each other in that sense. So I feel like if the level of effort being given to like work, relationships, leisure, all those things, if those efforts aren't even, then that's sometimes where relationship relationships go south. Uh, but whatever you're doing, you got to work hard. Yeah. You know? But what uh, I guess I'm rambling a little bit. Uh, <laughs> something that Emily actually does really well that teaches me how to do it better is when she is not working, she knows how to relax. So she helps me kind of like unwind too. Cause I have a hard time with that. Yeah. I'll yeah, like go, 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 go until I really just hit helpful. the wall and, and just collapse. Yeah. That's huge. That's, that's, that's common with business owners. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll say something similar about Taryn, uh, in relation to like training. You've always said that, that like, Taryn doesn't like live or die by her success in the gym like yeah. so many of us do. Yeah, and Taryn loves lifting too, but she keeps it all in perspective much better than some of us do. Yeah, like if she misses a training session, it's not really a big deal yeah. Yeah. to her, whereas we make a big deal out yeah. of it. Yeah, <laughs> he's um, so dramatic. <laughs> I'd say like mine my, my is a little bit different where like um, where we were before, I was there a, a, deal, a good deal longer. And um, it got to the point where, I, like I said, I just, it got very monotonous for me. It was just like, I wasn't being challenged, I guess. Uh, I like coaching a lot, um, but I love coaching. I like coaching way more now that I have, I enjoy the challenges of owning the business because I just enjoy like something to work at. And like, I see it as like a problem and we have to find solutions for it. And that, to me, that's interesting and keeps me motivated. So when like, all you have to do is show up and like teach another person how to do a lunge and that's it, it gets monotonous yeah. after a while. Uh, especially when it's, it's not your thing and you don't have the connection to those people. So now like teaching a lunge is, is a lot different because it's like, these are, these are our people. Yeah. Um, these are our do the best damn lunges that they've <laughs> yeah. seen, you know? And there was a time where I worked for other places where I felt that ownership um, and and then lost that ownership. So that's one thing I, I hope we strive to do with anyone that, that works here is that they always feel that ownership 
towards towards what we have going on here. Um, but so Taryn was pushing me to, to make a move. Yeah, uh, that's great. Where she's like, you need to do something else. You need to just open, open your own gym. Open your own gym. And I, was like, I don't really think she knew what that involved. <laughs> like on the level that I knew what that involved. So I was playing devil's advocate. Like, well, you're not going to see me <laughs> at all. And like... For at least the first year plus, like I'm gonna be gone all the time, and there's gonna be really long hours, and I'm, you know, like I'm already kind of a nightmare sometimes when I get stressed out. Like I'm gonna be a nightmare sometimes. Um, she's like, like yesing me, um, <laughs> and then we we did it. Uh, the fortunate timing to it all is that Taryn is in the right about time we got married, which was October 2000. Uh, a year and a half ago, so it'll be two years in October. Um, she started her master's program to get her nurse practitioner. So, so she's living like a parallel life to me, basically. Yeah. So, she works twelve-hour shifts, and then she has clinical for nine-hour shifts. So, she's pretty much working every day. So, we're like in it together. It'll be interesting Which to you see. You guys can appreciate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go through all the stresses of gym ownership together as well. Yeah, yeah. When you can share that that stress with somebody. Right. It's a lot easier to, to sympathize with the, the bad days. Yeah. And enjoy the good days. Yeah. 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 So it's not so much like like I'm sure it's harder on Emily sometimes if she's like home just waiting like and you're here, like just waiting for you for like four hours to yeah. go home. That doesn't happen as often for us. But she graduates in May, so we'll see what that's like. But I mean, just like anything, you have to make sacrifices. Um you that just makes I guess so much i think so so far in business but it's really like life too is just like mindset so um we give up a lot to make the strength house happen mm -hmm. and you can like take that one way and be feel all sorry for yourself and be like oh my god i give up so much to make this business happen or you can make i give up a lot to make this business happen so it's going to be awesome it's going to be the best yeah. yeah so you guys were you guys were friends before like really good friends before becoming business partners right um, what do you guys do to protect your friendship? Because that's obviously still important. And I'll be honest, that's something Jacqueline, like we were significant others before we became business partners. Um, and we struggle because there's really no separation from business and home. But how do you guys protect your friendship and make sure that relationship stays, you know, make sure that you guys stay friends? Because I see you guys going to concerts and shit like that. Like that's, that's very cool. That's good. I won't lie. It's something that like made me a little bit nervous at first. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I would rather have our friendship than a business together. But I think you alluded to it earlier. Is there are enough like common interests that uh, like we don't mind spending a lot of time together? But maybe like the physical distance that we live away from each other helps. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I just get randomly like pop up in Providence. <laughs> so if I want to get away from you and everyone here, I can. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, uh, we drink a lot together. I think that yeah. helps. It's been pretty easy, I'd say, actually, which is a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen to this three years from now. Hopefully, we'll <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure like, you guys will be. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. you'll be fine. Like, I'm not gonna like it. It was perhaps my number one outside of like uh, being like completely broke and un unable to support <laughs> my craft beer habit. Uh, like going into business with somebody who I considered a very close friend. Uh, was my number one reservation. I've yeah. seen it like ruin other friendships. Yeah. Oh yeah, they always say don't go into business with friends. Yeah. But or significant others. Well, well. Too late. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> but that's the thing. That's that's what pisses me off about like business ownership in general. Is yes. There's so much of that. Like, 
don't do this, yeah. don't do that. Or like, if you do this, you will not succeed. It's like, that's not true. No. It's I don't think like true. owning a business is going to turn you into a shit bag. No, like, I, I feel like, no. like right. the people who like have issues with that were like shit bags from the get go. Yeah, there are other, yeah. you're a shit bag for other reasons, not just because you decided to open a business. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I feel like we do a really good job, like Greg said, like communicating, but we're also just like three really authentic people who yep. all love helping people. And I feel like we're all like, we just like do our roles and our jobs very good and everything just like runs very smoothly. Um, and all of us like really care about the strength house, you know, and it's like, none of us are not going to give all that we have because like we love it so much. I think that's like one thing that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like... I think there's distinct stuff about our upbringings too that make us um, that maybe this will sound really dumb to a lot of people listening, but we're not like incredibly money motivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain things about our, our childhoods and our upbringings where like like getting rich was not the main reason we're doing this. Yeah. And again, some people will listen to this and be like, "You're gonna you're a terrible business person because right. you don't care about money that much," but. Like, that's not what necessarily makes me happy. Like, if I have enough money to, like, pay my mortgage and, like, drink all the craft beer I want, then I'm pretty happy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I know money changes people. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe we will get filthy rich and then I'll turn it into a shit bag. So <laughs> Show up in a helicopter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll like, be able to hit more breweries in a day if we have a helicopter. Oh, sure, wow. We can buy the breweries. <laughs> buy the breweries. <laughs> or start our own. We don't like and, and Strength House 2.0, like we'll leave the gym right here and then we'll buy out like all the spaces yeah. next to us and we'll yeah. put our brewing, or our brewery right there. And that'll be our main focus. But yeah, I just think like it, it, it's not like if going into business with somebody like ruins your relationship with them, I think it was probably doomed from the start. Right. It wasn't the business's fault. Yeah. 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 Um, did you want to add to that? All right. I was. I think that that's true. Like it was probably due from the start. Maybe not from a sense of like their people weren't meant to be together, like as friends right. or significant others. But like the communication wasn't there. Just like wasn't that's there. such a huge part of what we stress here. How open. how did you guys? I have I have. I'm gonna go through this. How did you guys develop the communication? Because that doesn't come from. That just doesn't pop up. Um, like, where did that come from? I've. So I learned a lot. Because I personally, I personally struggle with it. So I'm gonna. This is a selfish question. And so do I. So Greg will have a much better answer. Both Greg and Nancy yeah. will have better answers than I will because I'm working on it every day. Yeah. I used to be a, a terrible communicator. I would say, and in some aspects of my life, I, I still am. But um, I think Nancy's a naturally a very good communicator. Um, but being an officer in Army National Guard helped me a lot. Like. The coursework and the things we had to learn for that were heavily based on communication, heavily based on like how do you get a bunch of people to to do it what you want them to do without forcing them to do it, basically. Uh, and a lot of that just came down to like defining a purpose and everyone getting behind the same purpose. And then all of a sudden, if you have a well-defined purpose and all these people working that feel motivated to work towards that purpose, it's just naturally that you're going to start work together. I think that and then forced communication like asking questions or like last staff meeting we did which i guess technically is kind of like our first staff meeting because mm. uh all three of us were together we did like a little exercise to start it that we'll do going forward which is just like tell me something that you're that you think you're doing well tell me something that you think you're not doing well tell me what you need help with 
Um, so to just open the doors for communication is really important too. Um, and if there's one thing I've learned from working for other people, it's like, it's not enough to just be like, ask those questions. You need to follow through and actually do something with them or else mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's that's not communication. So if someone's like, I need help with this and then you don't help them with it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think yeah. that's the biggest thing, just like asking for help. Um, cause it does make you feel like sometimes like you're like, wow, like I don't know how to do this. Like they're not going to think et cetera, et cetera of me, which is like fine. But like for me, it's like, I've never like really strained like powerlifters heavily. And so like, that was like one of the things, like I said, my weaknesses with that. And so I know Tony's like very good at like programming and like putting everything out like weeks ahead of time. So I just like asked, I was like, Hey, do you mind like showing me your template? Went ahead, like showed me his template and then. I just like created my own little thing and then Greg's like, go ahead, like throw any program you want on my, you know, on my desk. Um, I don't care, like I'll go ahead and review it. And then he like reviews it, like goes ahead, he's like, read this book and then like change this again and try it again. So like I go ahead and do that, but like both of them like keep me very accountable when it comes to that and they give me opportunities to like fail and then like succeed again. Mm -hmm. So like I'm actually like learning and growing, but like none of that would have happened if one, I never, like, told them that, like, that's something I want to learn. Two, like, it never would have happened if, like, I set my program down and Greg's like, oh, I'll get to it, and then never gets to it. So it's like everyone here, I think, does very good at, like, helping each other and, like, following through with, like, what they say they're actually going to do and they actually do it. So, like, like you can communicate, but then if you don't take action on that communication, yeah. then it's, like, very different yeah. and things don't get done. And setting aside the time to be critical of each other, like, sounds fucking terrifying at first, yeah. but it's really important. Yeah, it's being super, open to feedback so is, is important if you're learning to grow and if you're kind of closed off to feedback and criticism that way, I mean, you're going to be yeah. stuck there for a while. And in our case, you know, we're not personal trainers. We're not like independent contractors here. We're all working together. So if one person sucks, like the whole business sucks. Yeah. Yes. It's not like personal training where like if one of your fellow personal trainers sucks, like that's actually an opportunity for you to like, <laughs> right, to clients, you know, clients. so you almost like yeah. don't want your coworkers to do better. Right. Uh, which is just like a, such a poisonous atmosphere. Anyways. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's, it's all in our best interest for everybody to, to get better yeah. and to make weak points into strong points. So, so I guess I can ask all three of you this question because each of you have mentioned it. You've each mentioned that you want to help people. So I, I don't, I mean, I, uh, maybe that's somewhat natural for, for human beings. I, I sometimes believe it's not. Where does that come from? Like what, what made you want to help like other people? Like what, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, I think this is kind of like a common scenario is that like, uh, I got a lot of satisfaction out of strength training. Mm -hmm. uh, I started strength training, uh, when I was a freshman in college, like training for college baseball. Um, I was undersized, like short, uh, not terribly athletically gifted, but always like pretty hardworking. And the weight room was a place where I could work really, really hard and actually do like better than other people on my team who are better than me at baseball. And that feeling of like being able to, to work as hard as I want and, and get as much out of what I was putting in was awesome. Because for baseball, I was putting in a lot of work, but right. still not like reaping the rewards because other people were just better than me. So I wanted to like pass that feeling on to other people. Um, also, like I had a lot of really shitty 
coaches in baseball, specifically in college. And uh, like ones that like made me feel bad about myself mm-hmm. and their coaching style was very negative and their coaching style was very like demeaning and belittling. And I'm just like, I never want to make anyone ever feel that way. So like we got some feedback from a client the other day that like, like Nancy's the honest one. It makes you like, we'll call you out, but still make you feel good. Uh, Greg is like very blunt and we'll shoot it to you straight no matter what, even if it doesn't make you feel good. And I'm like the relentlessly positive one, like for better or worse, like sometimes definitely for worse. But I think some of that comes from like, just like getting my confidence like chewed up and spit out by like obscenely old school negative coaches. And I knew like from that, that I wanted to make people feel the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's great that you you did that because I feel like. I feel like personally, I feel like if I experienced that, I would probably have turned out the opposite way. I'd probably have a huge chip on my shoulder and I would probably be a dickhead, you know. <laughs> I um, need to be a dickhead more often. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> so, like, working on Sometimes this, it's but. hard to be like the bad guy, especially if it's not something that like, I don't know. Well, like again, like, like ba- you're used to being, you know, like balancing each other like you you have openly admitted, Greg, that you don't mind being the bad cop. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, I don't like doing it, but I don't mind doing it. <laughs> I, I, through experiences in my life, I've learned how to do it, I guess. So how about you? We'll go to you now. I would say, like, deep down, I've always, like, wanted, I guess, had an inclination to just, like, serve, kind of, other people in the sense of, uh, like, my mom tells me stories about when I was younger, and, like, she'd have people come over to clean the house, and I, like, had to help them. Um, and then, like, wanting to do the military. Um, and then after that, like, I really love, like, hosting people over at our house. Like, if, so, like, having a business is, like, fills that a thousand percent for me. Like, I love making sure it, like, looks awesome and people come in and have, like, a really good experience. Um, so then, I don't know, just always, like, the teaching is another area that, that interests me a lot. Like, you know, being able to help on that sense. So I, I see coaching as, like, a, a level of teaching, but... That's one of the most awesome parts that I can't wait for the business to keep growing. Is like I actually like managing people, like yeah. like teaching stuff, like hosting stuff, helping people have good experience, things like that. So I've been able to always been. I I couldn't really imagine doing something else. Mm-hmm. It, as like introverted as I am too, where I'm like completely a, could be by myself for a long period of time and be totally fine at the at the same time. Um, which is weird, I guess, but, I, you know, like, it's a easier for me to, like, host a bunch of people at, the, at, at my house than sit on a couch at someone else's house and have to yeah. have a conversation with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is, like, really weird, but... I hear you. Um, so, it, it's been... That's a, this kind of work has always been something that I enjoy because it's, it's got, like, a purpose behind it. So, I'm, like, communicating something and teaching something um, with, like, an end goal. And if I could hijack again and backtrack a little bit. So you said something about like serving people mm-hmm. and like managing people. So Jacqueline, I know you've worked in another line of work before mm-hmm. and like left that to put more effort into the gym. So I worked in uh, sports information for a long time, like coming out of undergrad, like basically being like the media person for, for collegiate athletic departments. And um, there were times where I'd be like, sitting down and like writing up a game story for like a college hockey game or something and thinking to myself like if i left work today and like got hit by a bus and died like 
anybody could step in and fill my job and like nobody would know the difference. And that really ate away at me. Yeah. So like I needed to be in a position where I could like make a big enough difference in people's lives that like nobody else could just step in and do what I was doing. So that was, you know, that notion of like serving people and managing people. That's what made me want to do that. Yeah. As, as coaches, we, we literally change people's lives. Like, and there's not a lot of professions that, that do that. Yep. Um, and but, I do think that like either of the two people sitting next to me who I work with could step in and do yeah. just a good, as good a job as, as I do. But I do think there's something unique about each of us where Absolutely. like if one of us were to, yeah. were to leave, like everyone at the strength house would feel it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Well, they both of them did say a lot that I completely agree with. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say, like, growing in upstate New York, we didn't, like, have too much, but we were just, like, I think if you get the right, we would always go ahead and, like, hang out with, like, our close friends or whatnot and, like, you know, go four-wheeling, dirt biking, like, just, like, pile of wood, whatever. But it was, like, the people that were around us, we had a good time about it. And I think when it came to training, you had, like, the opportunity to uh, personalize, like, connections with people and make friends um well still at that time like you're still learning a skill so mm-hmm. like my dad would go ahead and like give me my siblings and like like our friends etc like contests like like who can change like the tire the fastest and like swap it and like whoever like loses etc has to do xyz like chore or something like that so it's like while while we're doing like a competition like we're still having fun and like learning with people but we're still learning a skill and i think that's what like the strength is the strength house is like all about where it's like you don't know everyone in the gym but you're still like you're having a good time with these people you're still learning a skill um and i think that's something that really like brought me to like strength training was just like it's one it's all about like having fun because like two if you're not really having fun and enjoying what you're doing and like seeing the results that you're getting and understanding that like you're learning a new skill then it's like why are we here and like what are we doing yeah um so I think that's something that like really pulled me towards strength training is just cause like, it's stuff that's like very simple and everyone should know how to do. Like everyone should probably know how to change their tire, but not everyone does. Yeah. I um, don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like super simple like that. Or like, you know, how to, how to just like, oh, like the other day, like just putting in like a drywall screw. Like people should know how to do that. That's just like a skill that like happens. But yeah. it's like, um, so stuff that we take for granted because we've done it so many times is like, really hard for other people to learn so it's like once you show them that and then you challenge them with that whether it be like under time constraints or load or volume or whatnot it gives them an opportunity to learn um and have fun doing it um and i think that's one reason like i really enjoyed coaching so that's it cool um so i'm gonna jump around a little bit i guess a little bit it's all kind of what if so how long have you guys been open it's been how long? Uh, first weekend of October, we were officially open. We moved into the space September 2nd. Took about a month to get it up and running. And then I think our we officially opened the first weekend in October. So, we, yeah. Like, we've, we had people, like, in here training, training, like, on yeah. a set. Yeah. We kind of had, like, all a, our equipment yet. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we had, like, a women's powerlifting group that they kind of, like, followed along. And uh, we were very fortunate to get to like keep training them the whole time, kind of during that period of limbo. Uh, shout out to Steve Tripp at Top Strength in Providence for letting us kind of move into that space for a little bit. Um, so we got to coach people all along. And something that was cool about that was like, we went from coaching 
six days a week to coaching one day a week. <laughs> and it helped me realize like how much I fucking love coaching. Yeah. You know, and you just get to like, uh, you get to like reignite that love for, for training people. Yeah. Um, it was a good like slap in the face at the time. Cause I think it, it definitely like my motivation and my attitude had changed a little bit. And, uh, like Greg said, it, it, the monotony of it had kind of gotten to me, but now it's, uh, the way we have things set up is a little bit more like interval training than endurance training. Mm. Yeah. We have like a morning session and then like a break during the middle of the day, then an afternoon session and people can like curse the, the AM PM split, but I think it's actually better for, for my energy. And I think our energy as a whole, you're 100%. able to just like pour a hundred percent of yeah. yourself into it for a shorter period of time. Cause I don't know. I answered a question that wasn't even asked. No, that was good. That was good. Yeah. The answer yeah. we opened. Yeah. So, so <laughs> since yeah. since so since being yeah. opened, what would you say has been some of your biggest struggles, and and how have you overcome like that struggle? And I bet you're going to be able to hear Greg taking a piss on this podcast. That's right. Because I'm going next. I'm going next. <laughs> I'm going to use the other bathroom. Uh, biggest struggles. They're pretty fortunate to not have had any gigantic struggles yet. Good. Uh, and part of me like drives home every day, like waiting for some sort of catastrophe to happen. <laughs> you know, because you hear it does happen in business. You know, whether like the landlord sells the building mm-hmm. or like water pipe bursts or right. some, something like that. Uh, really fortunate so far to not have anything like tremendously catastrophic happen. Um, we had a little bit of a hang up like with getting some equipment. Mm-hmm. So we had to kind of like MacGyver some stuff at first and be a little bit like thrifty as far as like finding stuff on um, whether it's Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or stuff. Basically, like our our main power racks came in what like two months late, something like that. At least two months. At least two months late, and like the equipment was like somewhat faulty and just like didn't mm. it wasn't what we needed it to be. Yeah. Um, and another way that Greg and I balance each other very well, uh, Greg would buy like a strength house Lamborghini if I lit him. You and I are very similar. And I'm uh, very kind of like stingy by nature, so uh, <laughs> there's the checks and balances there. So thank goodness Greg like has like a willingness to like spend and go out and get stuff because we had to like buy power racks we weren't planning to buy at the time because the ones we had ordered were late so uh that was like the first i feel like big hang up was the equipment not coming in yeah but we made do again i like mindset 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 i I don't know when i became this type of person but it's really helped me in life like very solution oriented instead of problem oriented Mm -hmm. i guess and i feel like especially with business and struggle like I don't know it'd have to be something really catastrophic for me to consider it a struggle yeah like I think otherwise it would just be like that's what we this is what we signed up for like there's gonna be problems and we have to come up with solutions and that's kind of fun like that's a great mindset yeah um I mean we spent a bunch of money on Facebook ads that didn't get us anything yeah, but it doesn't. But that like doesn't drive me nuts. I like. Yeah. It's like, it, do we, we learn something from it? We learn something from it. So it's like we, we yeah. got something out of it. Yep. Um, and like the next month, we tried like an internal referral program, and that worked a lot better. You know, so like it's just like fail and learn, fail and learn. It's super cliche, but mm-hmm. kind of yeah. how it's been. 
I mean, we're obviously super young to opening a business, so we're not really in a position to give advice. Yeah. But at the same time, I, it, I like I already mentioned, it, it kind of pisses me off when people when other business owners are so anti opening a business. To me, yeah. it's like one thing we all have in common is we we are hard workers. So if you're a hard worker and you're solution oriented, and you literally refuse to give up I think you can be successful in like yeah absolutely that you do. yeah yeah business owners are so quick to be like don't open a business and to me that just sounds like uh don't open a business because you can't do it I'm good enough to do it but yeah. you're not so don't do it and there's definitely scenarios like that and like you said Chris like there are people who shouldn't do this yeah um but I think that's the I think most people could do this but you got to like bide your time a little bit, I guess. Like you got to be in a position to do it. You got to be good enough to do it. You also can't like fake it. Like, like if you if you're gonna like go out and like start your own business, like you need a clientele. You need a clientele. You actually have to like do work. If you yeah. don't do yeah. work, then like big things, like bad things, will happen. Yeah, yeah that's like, kind of gonna lead into like another question. To be honest with you, so if someone like, what would you say to someone coming to you and they're like, you know what, I'm gonna open my own gym. What recommendations would you give to someone coming to you with that? The standard answer to that, which I think is very, very true, start small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We started exceptionally small, I think, with the amount of equipment we had and the place that we found and uh, didn't like take out a bunch of loans and get yeah. a bunch of equipment and end up with a big empty gym. If you want to backtrack it even more, the Strength House started as an idea really and like it's not like we just a bunch of money got invested in the strength right. house right away the early the most first investment was to build a website because i didn't know how to build a website so we built a website so like it grew very organically and very sm- smally is not a word i don't know what <laughs> word i'm looking for small incrementally small-y. grew at a slow pace um but we I had mean, like a thriving online business before mm-hmm. we, and we allowed that to grow to the point where it could sustain what we were doing. Like uh, one thing, again, my stinginess, like kind of what I, what I needed to have to make myself comfortable with this was like the ability to pay our rent yeah. with online clientele alone. Which is awesome, by the way, that you guys were able to even do that. Yeah, and, and that was largely in part to like Greg just having grown it to the point he'd had when he brought me on board and like doing such a good job with the uh with the optimizing the big three seminars to yeah. be able to you know bring me on board for that and that just yeah. kept growing and growing and growing so i don't know doing the online thing before the in-person thing sounds almost backwards but whether it's online or like a personal training client roster or whatever like just like have a business going yeah before you go to branch off on your own yeah so like have a plan Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like seems, a lot of people seems just seems like, really simple, but you'd be surprised. Yeah. And like people aren't just gonna like flock to you because you open up a gym. You know, we we've had moments where we've experienced that too. It's like where where is everyone? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have people but there are times of day or like days of the week where like foot traffic is down and like thank God I have like at least a little bit enough accounting knowledge to like be able to project a little bit and understand that like even if there's nobody in the gym right now like we aren't gonna you know go bankrupt but like yeah you have to have some sort of business 
already in existence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and fitness is just like something that's so expendable to so many people. Like you're gonna pay your, you know, rent first, and you're gonna like buy food first, and if shit goes south, you're not gonna give up those things. You're gonna give up your training. So we gotta make sure that, like, you have enough people because you never know when stuff could go south and when you could yeah. have five to 10% of your clientele like have to leave for whatever reason. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very much like a, a meticulous like planner and don't like uncertainty. So in order to go into this together, there had to be like some form of certainty for me to be comfortable. Yeah. It was like, I can operate with complete uncertainty. By the seat of your pants. It's like big ideas and then like lays, lays out yeah, like okay. what's really happening. That's why it works, right? It's kind yeah. of like us. It's very similar to us. It is. Um, so another thing we've talked about a lot, little bit is is your culture. Like what, what separates, what, do, what defines your culture or what separates your culture from another facility? I don't know if you saw like a recent video of Greg like throwing a med <laughs> ball. I did, yeah. <laughs> like that's what separates yeah. us. <laughs> My name is Greg Ryan. I'm going to teach you how to throw this lightning. <laughs> I think our culture is just authentic um, in that we, we don't hide who we are from our members and we don't want our members to hide who they are from us. And so and then and everything that we do around here is geared towards like promoting that, I would say. So we put beer stickers in our bathroom, yeah. even though we train high schoolers and people might be like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't really make any sense, but that's kind of who we are, and at least, you know, it hasn't caused any problems. Mm -hmm. um, we're not gonna. I'm not a big please everybody type person, so I'd rather just have like a small contingent of people that really love it here uh, and really feel comfortable here and by are themselves, um, and that's I think what we do a really good job of is. The culture is is the people, and the people are comfortable in there all themselves. And the culture is reflective of our personalities, and we just like paste that on the wall, basically, uh, like literally in some ways. Yeah, kind of the things that are like the trademark of a strength house are like really intense training, yeah, heavy metal music and craft beer, like three <laughs> things that are like that will kind of like alienate some people. Yeah. So it's not yeah. for everyone. And like less than two months into running this business, we fired one of our clients. Basically we said like, you're no longer welcome here. Here's your money back. Please don't come back. Uh, because this person had like violated our core values several times, had done uh, really rude things to clients like right in front of us. And being a business owner, it felt like really good to be able to like put our foot down and get rid yeah. of that person. Mm -hmm. Whereas like from a business standpoint, you could look and say like, okay, over the 12, over a 12 month contract, here's much, how much money You're you just set on fire. Money. Yeah. yeah. But you that, know? that person can, can fuck your entire gym. Yeah. yeah. So I've worked places where like that person would never be reprimanded because that person, you know, represents dollar signs. But you just gotta look at the big picture and, and stay true to who you are. We have our core values like plastered on, you know, walls all over the place, and it's helped guide every decision. And mm -hmm. um, I like to think that most of the decisions we've made, whether they've been right or wrong, have at least stayed true to our core values. I think they all have. Yeah, that, that's why we make core values. That's super yeah. important. I think that's that was like a huge like just selling part of the strength house was like you actually laid out core values and like what you stand for. 
like if I'm coaching high school kids and like they break one of the core values, I just bring them over. Oh my god! Like, what do you Before think? Before you got was? here, I feel like every day I had to march one of those damn kids over here. Exactly, <laughs> core and it's like, board. but it gives you something to fall back. Yeah, on. Yeah, it's like these are our rules, and like if you don't like follow and or like fall in line to like these core values, like you're not welcome. Right, this isn't the place for you. You know? Yeah. Um, which is awesome, and then even for like my like my little high school kids, like. Every week we have like either like a phrase or like a word of the week and like I bring them to the corner and it's like, I'm like, all right, like, what do you think like the word quit means? You know, and I have them explain like what it means, what they think it means. And then we just have like an open discussion. Like we have like a focus for that week, Mm -hmm. you know, and then like every once in a while we'll mix in like one of the core values or like, like our very first week of force is just like trying to the purpose. Like, what does that mean? You know, so like it gives them something to like fall back on. Um, and just, like, learn how important that stuff is to us and, like, why they should think it's, like, so important as well. So. I mean, you guys got to witness a little bit of a, a Strength House Saturday, which yeah. I think is definitely my favorite day of the week. It's the, the best energy, the best vibe, um, you know, a, a culmination of, like, all our, like, you know, longest clients and some of our, our newest clients, and they get to come together and and the, the atmosphere is awesome. And I think, like, just what you guys saw out there, like, embodies our culture perfectly. The music is loud, the training is intense, but everyone is enjoying themselves. Nobody's taking themselves too seriously. Right. And, uh, yeah, is, I love Saturdays. I get so hyped for Saturdays. Yeah. I, th- I think we've had a ni- we have a nice blend of, like, like so we all have pull experiences from different places. Um, so we have, like, everyone from, like, the, the hardcore powerlift, like, like, a kid that can, you know, deadlift nearly 700 pounds to someone that just started to someone that doesn't powerlift at all. Um, I think a lot of people said, well, you can't have a powerlifting gym and do youth sports performance. Like, that's not going to work. But on some level, I think they're right. And I think that's, you know, again, like, you come up with solutions. So we're like, well... Let's you know. Let's bring Nancy on and like make sports performance her thing. So it's almost like it is like two things coming together. But mm-hmm. then you, if you get here and at like when those two cross paths, like around the five o'clock time, you'll see some of the adults pulling the high school kids aside and and like giving them a pep talk or like rooting for them on their sets, and that's awesome. Um, so I think anything's possible if you just like bring good people together we've been told that we can't do a lot of things and that's yeah. motivating <laughs> I, love I love being told that i've been told like i can't train females like you're you, your head is shaved your beard is too big like you, you're gonna intimidate females and i would say like over 50 percent of the people who i write programs for are female right you you ran you were yeah. in head I was of running the, a women's yeah. powerlifting <laughs> yeah. women's power like, crew tell me i can again see what happens yeah yeah yeah, a lot of this, I wouldn't say, like, that was the, the fuel of the fire, like, being said we couldn't do it, but, like, the fitness industry, fitness industry sucks overall, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. the people that are in it suck, and yeah. there's a lot of shitty stuff that happens in the fitness industry. So there's, like, plenty of fuel out there. If, if you if you do operate well on the, like, being told you can't do something, there's, there's a lot of people in this industry that want to tell you you can't do something. Yeah, we, we can, I mean... We don't want this to be a fitness industry podcast, but so far everyone that we've done this with has been in the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. But what do you view as like the most frustrating, like the most frustrating aspect of the fitness industry? Oh god! I can oh, wow. we'll do all it's three. Really this this, this could be a whole. I know this is yeah, a whole I, other. Hour. I have a I have an immediate answer, and yeah. probably I, I imagine our answers will probably be pretty similar. But 
the people who want to do the online thing, I mentioned it earlier, who want to do the online thing and ignore the in-person mm-hmm. thing. You know, they think that like doing the online thing helps them escape the in-person thing when like training people in person is how you hone your craft. It's how you really make a, pe- a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, I went to a lead FTS seminar not that long ago and got to sit with Jim Wendler at lunch. Just fucking awesome. Like that was like one of the coolest like 90 minutes of my life. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and he sat down and like one of the first things he said was like, I've made like a, a more positive impact on more people in one year of coaching high school football than I have in 10 years of doing online stuff. And it was just like so true. And one thing that's happened after opening this gym is I've com- almost completely abandoned my like quote unquote like online fitness persona and it feels so fucking good. Like I don't have to like put on a show anymore and like always be cranking out like Bombex strength content and do stuff that makes me feel like a little bit grimy and like just being able to put all our efforts into like we still do a lot of online stuff. It's huge. Like there's no, you know, there's no hiding that, right. but it's like pushing the strength house and it's doing it yeah. in a way that I feel like is very authentic to who we are. Like you're not going to see any like fucking like macro infographics from us. No, yes. you know, I love like, infographics. Um, but like I, I feel like I was like raised in this industry thinking that like if you weren't like a big online persona, you were nobody. And I just couldn't be happier to have abandoned that. Yeah. And like instead of trying to be like be the celebrity trainer who has like two million followers, all we're trying to do is just kick ass in Worcester. Yeah. And that's all that matters because those people, the two million followers aren't going to do shit for you. Yeah, who cares? That won't be there 20 years from yeah, now. We talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Like, take that bubble's going to burst. Take Instagram away. And what do you have? Nothing. Right. Yeah. What do these people have? It's, yeah. it's, that would fucking scare me if I was like an on, like, I don't want to put anyone out. Like, I don't want to use any names on it. But if I was so and so with two million followers and that was my business, like, te- like, t- what's my, what's my end goal? Like, Am I going to put out another t-shirt and sell a fucking a thousand of them? Like, it's not going to last forever. When, when Congress shuts down Facebook, because right. Facebook right. are a bunch of right. scumbags, and, right. and Facebook owns Instagram, and right. that gets shut down. Right. Now what? Yeah. 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 My biggest pet peeve? Uh, Go ahead. Let it rip. Uh, well, I think there's a lot of fake people in the fitness industry. Mm. So, like, to piggyback on that, and the internet only makes it easier to do that. So, a lot of people hide behind keyboards or whatever however you want to call it but um you know i think one opportunity i had coming up in this industry was to work for total performance sports at the time in everett and work for a guy who's as old school as they come and i appreciate him for that like you know a lot of people get rubbed the wrong way by him but he's always true to who he is and like i really respected that and i always try to take that with me into each like thing that i did so to go from a place like that to some of the other places I worked at where it was really the polar opposite, uh, I could, it would take many hands to count the amount of people that I've met in this industry who I had followed online and then met them in person and were like, well, that person's like not at all who they are yeah. uh, on the internet. <laughs> um, and you're just like, wow, okay, uh, that sucks. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it, is, it happens a lot. So, yeah, um, yeah I think transparency and like the fact that like you can you can be into fitness and be healthy and live like a completely normal life at the same time too um more people should just portray that yeah so uh that that that's maybe my biggest pet peeve you're up nancy 
biggest pet peeve? Don't hold back. Don't hold back. No. Um, I would just say that I, I think like one thing that's frustrating is like when people think they know how to coach, but they really don't know how to coach. Or they're like, oh, I'll just like use this PVC pipe for everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's so annoying. Grease um, the groove with the PVC. Yeah, pipe. like just like using like so many fancy ways of coaching. Um, I think that's one thing that's like very frustrating. And then also just being like a young female, I think in the industry where people are like, you can't do this. You have like this and this and this to like work on, etc. Like people aren't gonna believe you because you're a female. Um, so like that there in itself is like a little bit frustrating, but I think as like a female coach, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, well, if you like act like you're just like a female who's like super like weak and stuff and like that's how people are gonna treat you mm-hmm. versus like if you actually like are in the gym, like lifting and like putting in time and stuff, I feel like a lot of people respect that because I find like I get a lot of questions from like, like just like distant, female coaches being like um, my male athletes like don't respect me like what can I do to fix that and I'm just like well one is just like your like your your character mm-hmm. like you portray that and you feel like you're you walk around like you're being mopey and all the time like obviously people are gonna walk all over you like you have to be able to have like a certain presence so like back to like what Greg said like if you like fake it till you make it like that does work and it gives you like the confidence in order to like actually like crush it and tell these guys like what's going on like I think a lot of the people that we train are like male athletes for sure and it's like yeah if you can like pick up a yoke with like 300 pounds on it and like move like guys are gonna have respect for you mm-hmm. versus like if you just like are talking and telling them what to do so like there is a point where you actually have to like put in work and sh- like show what you have it's yeah. kind of that, funny because the the, the we, Greg and I, train like a greater ratio of females to males, and Nancy, you train a greater yeah. ratio of males, males. to females. Yeah. And I never questioned it once in bringing Nancy aboard. It was like, I was more like, I would rather send you out, Nancy, to meet male coaches and male athletes because you're so personable and deliver the message really well. So, good on you for doing yeah. that. I mean, you train, like, we train a a local college rugby team and like took you all of 15 seconds to like get the the respect and attention yeah. of you know yeah. a large group <laughs> oh of male college athletes and like it, it has a lot to do with your charisma and your your willingness to like put yourself out there yeah and you're stronger than them and i'm stronger than them <laughs> <laughs> Which is something like, you bring up yeah yeah pet like, peeve was i don't know i can speak for myself on this too like you probably find yourself that you're stronger than the majority, I would say, like of the males that come into well, the just, gym. Yeah, right? it's just, just like to be, like very honest. They're yeah, like uh, we had like dumbbell bench press versus bands. We're like I don't know how to like work these bands. Like I was like, you just put it around Let this. Let me show you. Like you put the fifty pounds in your hands, and then just like you just like crank it out. And I was just like, that's just how you do it. And then like they see you do that, and you're, they're like, oh shit, like I. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, like, the other day, like one of our uh, during Conquer, there was like two seventy five on the bar. Oh and, yeah. Like he yeah, just yeah. went up and deadlifted it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know whether that's a, it's not something you always want to do, but yeah. it made a statement. Yeah. Right? 
You know, yes. So like the the gentleman who was like using that for his weight will never forget that. Exactly. Like, that's awesome. That's just that. He'll never, you know, dog it again when he's deadlifting in front of you at least. That's true. And it's just like I think it like sets sets like a tone for everyone being like, yeah, like your your business and like you're here to see them like succeed and stuff, but um like just like as as a female coach, I think that's huge. Like you have to be able to like actually like move weight and like be confident in doing it yeah i think that's that's huge can i talk about the first time we met nancy sure do you remember this i don't yes you do no i don't she, I ter- really she don't. terrified you oh yeah go ahead <laughs> <laughs> i literally don't even remember this yeah it was great yeah, yeah. of course you don't yeah, i do <laughs> i do it was in one of the the big three uh, seminars that we came and then we came and it was like a no it was not the before. big it was maybe it was the fall it was the fall it seminar. was the fall seminar yeah it was one one of those but we were um doing like a, a lift you guys had set up a boot camp prior to the seminar that day and <laughs> Chris and I were I don't know I think it was like the kettlebell circuit or something it was kettlebell swings and like med ball slams and you were an intern at the time and Chris was. Chris was dying. Like, he was dying. He couldn't do it. He couldn't push a prowler and do, like, inchworms after. He was literally, like, dying. And here comes Nancy, like... I'm swinging the kettlebell. And you run up and you were like, Do you want to be a champion? And I was like, What the fuck? It was amazing. It was amazing. So that's how we've known you, like... I've told this story to all of I'll never forget Thank you for remembering it. I'm surprised I didn't bring that up. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. I was yeah. like, that's <laughs> like, I don't remember that one. <laughs> oh, I remember. I'll never forget. Nancy also brings up a, a pet. If I can add one more pet peeve. Yeah, bring it in. Is every coach I respect in this industry has put time under the bar as well. Uh, is it possible not to put time under the bar and be a good coach? Maybe. But I think at that point, you're more just like a statistical expert or something right. like that where you can like divulge research to people or something and that but you're not a coach like you haven't actually right. tried to put that into action yet because everyone that's tried to put into action understands that not all of it's going to go into action that, that you're going to have to find some uh middle ground with it so that's a huge pet peeve of mine like weak strength coaches uh, yeah people that i guess and strength is relative. It's all relative. I don't care like what the weight on the bar is. I care like how hard you're trying uh, and how dedicated you are to lifting. But all the best coaches that I can think of get after it. Yeah. Uh, even the people that I've learned from are all people that, that get after it. Even some of the – there's coaches in this industry that I don't even like but I respect because yeah. they get after it. Uh, they do lift and they do coach and they've – and. That, yeah, that, that that's missing in a lot of senses. Um, that's why, like, I I love that a lot of our distance based. I love helping you write with programming. Yeah. I love helping other coaches with programming. We all get programming from another coach. Mm-hmm. Um, if the whole industry was like that, it would be amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. I, f- I feel like it's a it's almost like a trend now to like post about how you have no motivation to train now. On like social media and talk about how you are fucking weak and how like you know you've been you've been you're 32 years old your time is done like you shouldn't be training anymore just, I see it I see it all the time just getting back into it just getting back into <laughs> yeah. it right I see it all the time now I, and it does it bums me out like mm-hmm. it's it's like fucking crazy like you you should be able to yeah 
you sh- if you want to coach someone, you should be able to 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 do what you're coaching. Right. Yeah. We have a, a 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. slot in the middle of the day. Part of it's because like nobody really wants to train that time anyways, and the other part of it is that like we've got lifting to do. Right. You know. Yeah. So some of it's dedicated to doing the admin, like behind the scenes stuff, and the other part of it is like so we can train. Yeah. And if we don't train, like we become out of touch. Yeah. And right. we become worse coaches and worse programmers. So it's it's creating the context to be able to pass on everything else to the right. people that we're training. That is so important. Like that's something that I learned from Murph at Total Performance Sports. Like two o'clock hit, staff training. The music, and this was an open gym. Like anyone could have trained there, but that was just the time that the staff trained. Music got cranked <laughs> up two notches. Everyone get the fuck out of our way. This is staff mm-hmm. training. Doesn't we not we didn't all follow the same program, but we all trained together. And it's like if you want to bring you want to make it like a more cohesive team like it's it's not there's an easy one for if you're in a gym setting because you guys can all train together so right. like we all follow different programs even though they're written by the same person we train together and if i have anything to say about it as far as as long as this business is open i know these two are uh, on board with it too is staff training will always be a uh, a time that will not get messed with by anybody yeah mm-hmm. we we need that we need that at warhorse i mean yeah we do yeah. this is just the two of us the two of us and we've had to go to some lengths to protect that time yeah. there have been people yeah. who have been you know trying to like sneak their way in and infringe upon that time and uh you know it was a big discussion in our first staff meeting it's like how do we keep this time sacred you know yeah. would we be able to make more money if like we tacked on an hour to the morning session like absolutely but that money is not as important as the time we spend together training because that does make us better coaches. It is continuing education, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a huge part of what we believe in and what, what we will always do is hold staff training. Another pet peeve I have is like the coaches in the industry who can't differentiate between stuff that works and stuff that's just bullshit because they don't train. (laughs) That is your bullshit meter. Like people who actually train can, can, see through the nonsense that gets put out there yeah yeah i guess we can talk about uh the last time you guys came that came to warhorse down to philly was that for the greg knuckle seminar uh, all we, three of us yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We, we went one other time more yeah. recently to yes. kind of like uh see the behind the scenes yeah. stuff and see how you got because at that time we had right, made right, the right. decision yeah. to do this yeah, yeah. You guys helped us a lot, but the Greg Knuckles seminar was a pretty epic, it was epic, epic weekend. That was epic. Oh my gosh. We were all in, uh, I believe, a gaining gaining phase. Yeah, mass. Yes. Eat. Yeah, we were all massing. We were all massing. massing. We uh, crushed beers, and then we went to this big barbecue place. Lafetza. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Trying to crush like three to four like pounds of like, yeah, barbecue. <laughs> uh, then after that, we went ahead and got ice cream, correct? We did. Cold stone. Yeah. Cold stone. We yeah. tried to go to one ice cream place, but it was, yeah. closed. It was closed. We pile, all of us piled up into an Uber, yeah. and then we went to Little Babies. They were closed. Well, you're, you're doing that a disservice. When you say all yeah. of us, it was one, two, it's pretty three, large four, people. <laughs> there was seven of us, Yeah. and one, four of them being like very large 
large males. I don't think there was a male in the car that didn't weigh more than 200 pounds. Well, one Uber totally yeah. was like, I'm not taking you because there's so many people. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to get a new one. <laughs> and we're like, what? Yeah. I've All right. Been... You, me, Greg Knuckles, and Greg's wife all tried to cram into the back oh, seat Greg's of like a wife little was sedan. There. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like trying to close the door, trying to close the door. Eventually, the driver's like, get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah. We had like, a, we had probably like a 10,000 total. Yeah. <laughs> in that, in that, in car, that yeah. car. Yeah. Those tires were riding low. <laughs> and, uh, Greg managed to lose like every important thing in his life. Oh my god. That, that was a rough weekend. Yeah, I lost my phone. But the, I lost my wallet. The best part was you got quizzed. Oh yeah, the at airport. the airport. Do you still have the hat? <laughs> we oh, just talked about so this the other day. I ruined the hat on accident, <gasps> and now I have to get a new one. Oh, no. a ruined shame. it because that. I did wear that hat since that day. I wore it all summer long. You'll have to come uh, back to Philly. Maybe you'll find another one. <laughs> I need another big straw hat. Yeah. But yeah, I lost my wallet, and so I had to... I put it in a, another guy's squat shoe who was there, and we had the same squat shoes, and he drove home with it. It was too late. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go to the airport, and I had to go through... like uh, with Homeland Security, basically, and get like quizzed, and they were like... How old's your dad? This, this. They're like, when's your wife's birthday? And I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 26. And I was like, I got it. All right. <laughs> Jesus. But all right, I, yes. I almost, I was like almost freezing on all of them. And then that, I almost froze on that one. I was, it was all questions I knew the answer to, but I was just so nervous. I was like, what, so if, I can't get home? what if I can't get home? <laughs> At one point, I think they asked me how old either my mom or my dad was. And I didn't know. I was just like, I don't know, but they are my mom. It's <laughs> like, next, can we just go to the next question? <laughs> and then he, like, gets in there, and he's like, Nance, the uh, Uber driver's outside. We need you to, like, go back through security, grab my stuff, and then come back in. <laughs> so I went out there, and the guy's like, this freaking phone, like, won't stop buzzing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's the one. Give it to me. <laughs> We made it though. Got the phone just in time. Just in time. Got that my was, wallet back I was so nervous. Day later. That's good. We lived. Could have been, been a lot worse. Could have been a lot yep. worse. It could have been Jesus. a lot worse. Good times every day. time we visit. Mm-hmm. Every time we visit Philadelphia, we have good times. Plan another one soon. Yeah, of course. All right. Mm-hmm. I think our last question is going to be, and this is for all three of you. Um, what do you want to leave behind? Like, what's your legacy? It's a Whoa. big question. Super deep. Yeah. I want everyone who I come into contact with uh, to be able to sing an entire Metallica song. Like, know the lyrics from one, just one song. It doesn't have to be any specific song. Front to back. Know all the lyrics. Be able to sing it. You have a lot of words. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's tall. That's a tall order. Uh, uh, I, I see people out there like singing along to certain songs oh, I wouldn't yeah. expect. Yeah, but every lyric comes back. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to. I'll do my due diligence and start practicing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm behind. No, I, told you. Uh, I just hope everyone can look back and laugh at some memory I've given them because I'm pretty goofy and do a lot of stupid stuff, so I hope it doesn't go to waste. Um, wow. 
I'd say if people just like look back and they're like, like any person that comes in contact with me, I just want them to be like, yeah, like Nance was fun. Nance was a good time. Like, you know, I'm very like a, a positive person with a lot of like oomph. So like that's kind of what I want to be remembered as for sure. So I said like that's like my biggest thing. It's just like I think of Nancy just being like, all right, I'm just gonna focus on the positive, um, do this job, etc. As like as hard as I can, etc. Cool. Well, thank you again for letting us come up here and spend the weekend with you and providing us with ample amounts of uh, delicious treehouse beer. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, and another said, another thing I want people to remember us by. Treehouse. <laughs> Taste in music. Taste in beer and heavy lifting. He loved his family. He drank good beer and he was a pretty good lifter. Yeah. <laughs> That's that. All right. I'll go on your headstone, man. <laughs>